hopefully that gets fixed. Anyway, let's get started on this podcast. Do we want to talk about what was announced today? Because everybody thought that there was going to be a 1989 announcement. Taylor's like trolling us, I swear. She's like really messing with us. Okay, but so she announced the CD, whatever, and the, the remix for Willow. But then like everyone's like freaking out on TikTok. It's like the way she spelled dance that means something like that's an easter egg and what she's wearing and the way she's posing in is an easter egg like not everything is an easter egg <laughs> like, i don't know i think at I this know. point she's just doing whatever because she knows it's gonna send us into a frenzy i saw i think it was tatie cakes i don't know if that's how you say her name on on tiktok but she was talking about how like this is just really good marketing on taylor's part because even if it means nothing we're still talking about it on all these different social media platforms like it's still happening i do believe the one about like the sig- the digital signatures being different co- being the colors of the albums i do believe that one also can we talk about the fact that my dumb ass bought all four of the digital <laughs> for no reason i bought all four and for what for nothing it's literally just a picture i could have taken a screenshot but my dumbass had to pay 19 dollars for all four of them see the marketing is working for sure it is <laughs> or maybe i just have like a shopping problem but i also saw and this was actually pretty interesting that all of the merch except for what was what was announced today is completely gone from the store. So I noticed that this morning and I'm pretty sure that if you just go to her website and you don't go, so like when you Google Taylor Swift, the first thing that usually pops up for me is the Taylor Swift official store. And then if I scroll down, it just takes me to the homepage of her website. Uh-huh. And this morning when I checked, so We've got, right now, it's got the the digital signed copies of Evermore with the new covers. And then it's got the vinyl for Evermore. And then it's got Fearless Taylor's version, Evermore, and Folklore album. And that's it. But this morning, she still had some merch on there. So maybe she's taking it down by now. Yeah, the only thing I see are the covers. So when I click, when I looked this morning, when you click the Taylor Swift official store link, it uh, just had the four. You couldn't click on anything else. It just had the four album covers. There was literally nothing else on the page. So I went and like just went to the homepage of her out of her uh, website. And that's where like there was more stuff. And like now it's got basically just her music. It doesn't have any mm-hmm. merchandise at all. And when you click merch from the home screen... All it's got is... Is the... Yeah. Also, I saw a few hours ago that the hashtag Fearless Taylor's version, the hashtags on Twitter that had the gold TS next to them, the gold TS was missing today. But I saw a few hours ago that they're back. So I'm not Uh, sure. Yeah. I don't don't know. I I can't predict her anymore. I I think I used to have have a better, like, I could, like, kind of tell when something was coming. I can't tell at all. I, I I have no guesses. Yeah. No, I have no idea. Like, I literally think she's at this point just getting a real kick out of watching us go into a frenzy. Right. But, I mean, I'm, she's taking these 
she's giving us Easter eggs for everything now because even her posts that she's made the past couple of days, let me pull them up real quick. She stresses me out. Yeah, every time I get a notification from Instagram that she posted something or that she added something to her story, like, freak out. Like, oh, my God, what's coming? And then I'm like, oh. (laughs) I keep getting the notification that she's added to her story. And then when I click it immediately, there's nothing there. But so, like, people are saying that not only, like, the, the way she spelled dance in her post today that was an easter egg but also she says you guys went and did the nicest thing this week and broke the record for biggest final sales week dot 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 like ever and (laughs) yeah and then also when she announced that like the vinyls were in stores she said you can get it at your fave indie record store yeah she's teasing we are never ever getting back together Rebecca's nodding. (laughs) She's definitely teasing we are never ever getting back together. But then she's like, she's doing so much. She's literally making us guess. Because also, the Taylor's version of Wildest Dreams is not on the Spirit Untamed soundtrack like we all thought it was going to be. And I've heard people saying, and I haven't actually checked this, but I've seen people say that that movie's not even using that song in their promos anymore. Hmm. And you said it wasn't on the track list. No, it's not. That soundtrack came out, I think, last Friday or maybe last Thursday. And it's it's not on there at all. <sighs> maybe Red is coming next. Maybe our, you know, initial thoughts of 1989 are wrong. I don't know. I can't predict what this woman's going to do. I, I'm I done know. trying like, to figure why? it out because <laughs> I'm just going to be surprised because, you know, I know that takes the fun out of, like, trying to find all the little clues, but... At this point, it's stressing me out too much. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I have too many other things to worry about. Like, I'm planning a freaking wedding, Taylor. Like, I can't spend all this time looking for these Easter eggs. Maybe when I was like twenty something, it was, and by twenty something, I mean last year. You I are this. <laughs> I know. I mean, like, like tw- you know, a year younger when I wasn't as busy as I've been. I can do this, but I can't. I don't have the time. Sorry, Taylor. Logically, I really feel like nineteen eighty nine would come next because of how, because of like the the Grammy nomination, like timeline or whatever I saw that I saw that so so like logically that makes sense I think they said like September 30th or something like that is the cutoff for Grammy nomination so it makes sense that 1989 would come next after she released Fearless because neither one of those albums can be eligible for Grammy nomination and but Evermore is still eligible and we and she she obviously probably still wants Evermore to do well in the nomination you know she wants Evermore to get nominated and I think that releasing an album like Red or Speak Now might overshadow Evermore getting a nomination I don't know I just like to me logically it makes sense that she would release the albums that That does make a lot of sense well and here's the thing is 1989 feels like a summer album and I'm pretty sure the all knower said there would be what three more albums this year one in the summer one in the fall and one in the winter or three total one in the summer and then one in the fall 
I think three total. I think one in the summer and then one in the fall. Like a yeah. fall so winter. That would, yeah, that would make sense if she did 1989 in the summer and then Red in the fall. She has to release Red in the fall. That's the fall album. Like, it just is. Yeah. But also, here's what I think. I think that We Were Too Good, because a lot of people actually got, you know, that she was going to announce the Love Story single when she did, and then really, you know, announce the full Taylor's version of Fearless. Like, Steven got that right. He predicted that, and a lot of other people did too. Mm -hmm. And I think now she's just putting out Easter eggs for everything because we were too right the last time. (laughs) She's just trying to throw us off. So I guess my bets are still on 1989 sometime this summer and then Red in the fall. I think she'll, I think she'll announce 1989 soon. I don't think it'll be, I agree with you. I think 1989 will be next. I think that she'll announce it soon. And I think she'll do it in June with maybe a July release, but I don't think she'll drop it overnight. Like she did with folklore. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. No, no. I think she's going back to the traditional album rollout to like build up excitement about these albums and you know all the like merch that she released with fearless i was just gonna ask you guys i was like do you think she would do a drop but it does make sense to do traditional because i feel like we're all already hyped about the re-recordings right like so i mean again from the marketing standpoint you know like if she announces this now oh 1989 taylor's version how many people are gonna go pre-order that album you know I will. I will <laughs> right. too. And then she could release all of the 1989 merch the way that she did with Fearless merch. So. Yes. Yeah. Yes. From a marketing, marketing wise, standpoint. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Rebecca, I know you're not feeling well, but do you want to like add your two cents real quick? I don't want people to think we're steamrolling you. You're not. I'm just miserable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being kicked simultaneously. So, you know, I predicted debut originally as next. I could see her doing that, but I like, I really agree with Bailey's point of what she was saying with overshadowing with the Grammys since 1989, 100% couldn't be nominated again. And she still has ever, ever more that's up for nominations. And I'm going to be quite honest. Olivia Rodrigo is going to be a huge threat at the Grammys. I, mean, I wouldn't even say it's a threat, like, to be quite not honest. Not in a bad yeah. way. I didn't mean that in a negative way, but, like, she's going to be a front She's a runner. contender, yeah. yeah. I agree. For, for sure with her album as well. And so, yeah, we've had a lot of great albums come out this year, so I don't think that she would release anything that could be Grammy nominated in this time frame before the cutoff date, you know? And I think it's pretty clear with the ever more push that we're seeing as of literally this week, that that's going to be her focus for the Grammys. Yeah, it makes sense. I agree. So we kind of briefly touched on it, but I wanted to ask y'all. So on TikTok, I keep seeing this, this theory that something is coming tomorrow. Like people are convinced that something's coming tomorrow. Do we all agree? If like, something was coming tomorrow, it would have been announced today. The only thing, yeah. the only thing that it was was, and I might be eating my words come Monday when this podcast episode comes out. But I, 
I think that it was just the the ever more digital signed copies. I agree. Yeah, I do. I feel like every Friday people are like something's gonna happen. <laughs> like everybody and, gets so and excited. There's nothing. Well, <laughs> yeah, they're like right. Hype themselves We're gonna keep up. predicting it. Listen, a broken clock is right twice a day. So if we keep saying something's going to happen every week, we're bound to be right. (laughs) At some point. (laughs) At some point, yeah. Are you ready for it? Welcome to Ready For It, a Taylor Swift podcast. I'm Chandler. I'm Rebecca. I'm Bailey. And I'm Lizzie. So be fearless. Speak now. Put on your favorite shade of red. While shaking it off in a getaway car. Because sometimes you need to calm down. And wrap yourself up in your favorite cardigan. To find some happiness. And listen as we talk about the iconic poet herself, Miss Swift. Okay, well do we want to go ahead and get started with our episode then? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, today we're going to be talking about our song, which is the last song on the original version of Taylor Swift's debut album. And arguably one of her most famous. I know it's a fan favorite, especially the music video. It's like my number one on debut, so. All right, some background. So the song was written by Taylor and it was produced by Nathan Chapman. It was released August 22nd in 2007. It was her third single. And like we mentioned, the last track of the original album. And... So she originally composed the song for a talent show. This girl has been to so many talent shows. I'm, I'm just saying we've learned from debut. Her freshman year of high school, though. And it was about a boyfriend who she did not have a song with. And it's really up-tempo. If, if you, those listening, haven't heard this song, I would be really shocked. But it's has, you know, lots of banjo. It's the classic country-esque Taylor song. That's kind of how I would describe it. Should I go into the background of the music video, too? Yeah, sure. Let's definitely talk about the music video. Okay, so the music video was directed by Trey Fanjoy. It was shot on a soundstage and premiered on CMT September 14th, 2007. And it received a nomination for number one streamed music video at the web-hosted 2008 CMT Online Awards. But it lost to Carrie Underwood's video, All-American Girl. Womp womp. I mean, that's still a great video, too. But Lame. I think this one's way better than All-American Girl. No yeah, offense. I'm a big Carrie Underwood I fan. I need to put that out there. I've seen her in concert. And, like, she's a great singer. And she has some really great music videos. But I definitely think this one is better. All-American Girl was completely in front of a green screen. That's yeah, really- it was just, it was so lazy. Like, the music video. And I know that's not Carrie's fault. But, like, it was, what? like, an easy music video. That's, like, the one that you shoot in, like, one day, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. And this is not this is not a Carrie Underwood trash session, but no. our song's music video is definitely better than All American Girl. Iconic music it video. It is very iconic. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even not just within the fandom, but, like, to this day. I know it's a huge, you know, anyways. That blue gown that she wears. People yeah. still talk about it all, all the time. Still phone. I love the like old phone. And, and that was like the nails. first time we ever saw her with straight hair. Yeah. 
and the heart on her foot like that's immortalized in that video which was like huge anyways so 2006 2007 it really I'm definitely was. gonna get a, a heart tattoo on my foot now that we've like gone through almost this entire album. I'm just gonna do it. I've got I like, you know, it just feels right. Go for it. Remember we used to do that all the time in high school, Chandler with Sharpies. Yes, I had all those Sharpies specifically for writing on my body. <laughs> and our parents would get so annoyed at us. Yeah, my mom thought I was gonna like die from like the toxic <laughs> <laughs> and now they make Sharpies specifically that you can write on your skin with. So if anybody's wondering what's wrong with me and Rebecca, it's the fact <laughs> that we used to draw all over ourselves with Sharpies. <laughs> it's so funny because my 13-year-old cousin definitely writes all over herself too. And it, it makes me happy because it's totally a thing that we all did. Yeah. It's such a, like, it was such a millennial thing. And like, it's just, it's so funny now that like, it's not like just how things change, you know, like, and that was like such a big thing for millennials. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why like, I heard question marks such a big deal. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. For, especially among millennials. I used to write that on my hand all the time. But like, that was such a big thing. Like, that's just like, it's what Even you did. Not super, and I we we grew up in the South, so but even people who were not super huge Taylor Swift fans knew, like they would write "I heart question mark" on the back of their hands in like school. So like that was that was just like a thing. It was. All right, some more little background that I didn't mention. So this was a really popular song among Taylor's classmates. And they actually, like, would come up to her, like, after, and, and I'm sure, Chandler, you might have some quotes about this, but, like, it, it was so popular that Taylor, like, Taylor wasn't even thinking, like, she was going to have this on her album. It was just a fun song that she did, and then it was just was so popular and well-received that it obviously became part of her album, and it's a great, great song, so and that's pretty much all I got for background. Cool, cool. Well, I do have the quote that you are talking about. So, in an interview with AOL, you heard that right. AOL, according to Song Facts, Taylor said, I wrote this song in my freshman year of high school for my ninth grade talent show. I was sitting there thinking, I've got to write an upbeat song that's going to relate to everyone. At that time, I was dating a guy and we didn't have a song. So, I wrote us one and I played it at the show. Months later, people would come up to me and say, I love that song you played. And then they'd start singing lines of it back to me. They'd only heard it once. So I thought there's there must be something here. And she was right. <laughs> this is also from Song Facts. This next quote, I'm not sure like where it came from, but it was on Song Facts. And she said, I just sat down one day with my guitar and got in a groove and went with it. I like to write about how music affects people. And this was fun to write because it's about a couple who doesn't have a song. I like the banjo and you really can't go wrong with banjo. I wanted it to be last on the album because the last line of the chorus is play it again. Let's hope people take that as a hint to go ahead and play the album again. (laughs) And so this is kind of like a side fact. I accidentally the other night like went down a rabbit hole of like Taylor Swift playing the banjo. And apparently (laughs) it's a hot topic in the banjo community that Taylor Swift does not play the banjo. She plays the ganjo, which is a banjo with six strings instead of five, and it's tuned like a guitar. The banjo community does not like Taylor Swift for this. (laughs) 
Well, well, well. Okay. Yeah, it's like a hot topic, which I never knew. I, first of all, sounds to me just like a banjo. Some some of these banjo people are going to come for me (laughs) for saying that. But, I mean, I would see people, I literally went down such a rabbit hole, and I would see people being like, this is so offensive. Like, how she's, everybody's going to think she's got a banjo and she doesn't. And then other people would be like, but she's bringing attention to the instrument. And then, then they would be like, but it's not the actual instrument. It's not, she's not bringing attention to the banjo. She's bringing attention to the ganjo. And people would be like, but anybody who doesn't know that there's a difference is going to look at that and be like, banjo. And they're right. I had never knew that that was not a banjo that she played. So, all right. <laughs> yeah, little little side fact. And then I have one more quote. <laughs> so she, this is kind of out of context, and I think that Bailey's probably gonna go over what this is talking about in part of this quote. But uh, she was interviewed by someone at CMT, and she said, "I never thought it was gonna be on the album. I never thought." I'd get to record it. I never thought it would be a single. I never thought it would go number one. And I never thought it would win video of the year. I'm absolutely taken aback and so, so incredibly, unbelievably, unbelievably grateful. So I wanted to include that because she talked about like how she didn't think it was going to be. She didn't think she was going to be able to put it on the album. She didn't think that it would be a single or anything like that. So just kind of to show like how she fought to get the song on the album and it really paid off but yeah we can move on to critical acclamations so bailey can kind of cover the second part of my you're really flowing into like each section tonight (laughs) we are done so there are so many (laughs) critical acclamations with this song and i really feel like this song is this like bookmarks her career like this song is like the perfect bookmark on the start of her successful career because of how successful this song was in general. It received highly positive reviews and a bunch of critics deemed it one of Taylor's best singles. It charted within the top 30 on the Canadian Hot 100 and the top 20 on the Billboard Hot 100. And to go off of the quote that you mentioned, Chandler, it was the first number one single on Hot Country charts that stayed for six weeks. The song was certified quadruple platinum by the RIAA and the music video won video of the year and female video of the year at the 2008 CMT Music Awards. Snaps for our song. I know. There are so many I had to like, like I could have kept going. Like I could have had a whole page on critical acclamations. I was like, let me pick the top five. Honestly, like, this song is kind of, like, the precursor for, like, or, or, like, this, like, how popular and how iconic it is and how much it represents, I think, Taylor's, like, early country days. Like, kind of before You Belong With Me. Like, I think when people think of Taylor, they're going to think of music videos, like, well, if they really knew, like, old, like, old Taylor. I say that with air quotes because I hate when people say old Taylor even though she does reference old Taylor and look what you made me do, but still like, you know, the, the whole trope of her like country self versus pop or whatever, but this is definitely like up there with you. You just like can automatically recognize our song and you know it, even if like somebody has never heard of Taylor Swift, they probably have heard of this song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, 
like I said, it's my number one song off of the debut album, and that's like including not just the standard edition, but like the enhanced deluxe edition that is now the standard edition. Like of all the songs, it's my number one song because it's just so good and it makes you feel really good. It's literally my favorite song to sing on this album. Uh, and like we've talked about almost every song we love to like scream sing like should have said no and picture to burn but like this song just puts me in the best mood it's a perfect anthem to just roll down your windows and drive around and just scream yeah i will say as you all know right before we started recording this i lost a bid on the standard edition of Taylor Swift's album on eBay and then found another version and purchased it. So yay, I'm excited to get that. But I also am now tempted to buy the Japanese deluxe version of the debut album. And let me Chandler, let me tell you why. I'm not going to do it now. I'm going to do it maybe down the road. But let me tell you why. Because it's got the pop, and I put that in quotation marks, version of our song on that album. And it's it's the rock version. Like, it's, like, very country rock. Like, there's, like, electric guitars. I don't know if you guys ever heard that, but the first time I ever heard our song on the radio, obviously I was in middle school, this was the version that I heard was, like, the rock version. And, like, I had the album, so I knew what the song sounded like, and I was so excited, like, that it was finally, like, a single, and we were going to hear more of it. But they didn't. I didn't listen to country radio, so... It, I never heard this on the on the radio because I only listened to like top 40 in the car. And I remember blasting this in my room and like just screaming the lyrics and freaking out because it was a different version that I had never heard before. And I spent so much time. I'm pretty sure I illegally downloaded the, this version <laughs> and gave my computer a virus. But it that. I mean, I love the original version, but there's something about the, like, pop remix that's just so good. I don't think I've ever heard it. You don't think I have either? You need to look it up when we're done with this because it goes hard. I'm excited. I, like, I welcome any and all versions of our song. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Do we want to get started on the lyrics? Yeah. Let's do it. It's really weird to think that this song could have been, like, the Mr. Perfectly Fine of debut. (gasps) Yes! Yes! You know what I mean? Like, can you believe that she, like, wrote this? And I know that we've talked about this so much, like, you know, a lot of, like, on debut and even Fearless, it was just her writing songs about what she thought love would be like. Because she hadn't experienced it yet. And, like, she was, like, I'm pretty sure this was, what, for her eighth grade talent show? Ninth. Okay, ninth they grade. Said, I saw something that said that the song was written, the boyfriend she wrote this about is the same one that she wrote Tim McGraw about. It's just like, oh my gosh, like, first of all, her age. Second of all, she wrote this, like, for a talent show. And, like, it. <laughs> uh, anyways. I wish I was at this talent show hearing it for the first time. I would have, I would have been one of those classmates coming up to her and be like, you need to like sell this song like or like <laughs> you need to like get this song out there because people need to hear it it's just crazy because it's like the way she captures like this fun idea of like love 
and stuff and at such a young age not even really knowing like what love is it's like just mind-blowing anyways okay I've said my piece (laughs) I was riding shotgun with my hair undone in the front seat of his car he's got a one-hand feel on the steering wheel the other on my heart I look around turn the radio down he says baby is something wrong I say nothing I was just thinking how we don't have a song and he says okay first of all i just have to say she switches she switches switches from present to past tense too many times in this song and it kind of drives me crazy but i've never realized it until i went to do like the notes for this um but yeah that just i had to get that out because it drives me bonkers (laughs) that she does that She, I also didn't mention this in the background, but she wrote this song in, like, 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that, too. This is not the song I would be writing in 20 minutes. I, I know, this is a song that you really need to think about, like. <laughs> well, it's so good, like, you know, tense switching aside, the, the rhyme scheme is so good because she's, like, within the same line she's doing, I was riding shotgun with my hair undone. He's got a one-hand feel on the steering wheel. Like, those are all one line, one line. And then I turn around, turn the radio down. Like, the rhyming, the rhyme the rhyme scheme in the song just blows me away. I say nothing. I was just thinking. Like, I know those are, like, easy rhymes. But the fact that they're, she was so young when she wrote it. And it's all within the same line. I know there's, like, a specific word for that kind of rhyme. But... I'm blown away by her ability to, like, write a song that makes sense. Because, you know, there's always those people who will, like, sacrifice the, you know, I guess, continuity of a song's story for a rhyme or, you know, whatever. But the fact that she was able to do this so young and it makes perfect sense and it still tells the story perfectly, like, as if I was watching this actually happen or this was actually happening to me it just blows my mind i like the way she says he's got a one hand feel on the steering wheel like you could have said that in so many other ways but the way she says it it's just so poetic i always really just thought that this was just like her countryest song because yes. she's like i was riding shotgun and <laughs> got one hand feel on the steering wheel like that's just it just feels like something like i would turn and see my husband doing like right now (laughs) you know (laughs) i love the tiktoks of this song like when people and their significant other like get into it (laughs) it's like the guy's like hand on the on the uh girl's heart and they uh beautiful see i always i will say those come up on my for you page all the time and i just skip them because they're kind of cringe to me because i know like theoretically like him having his hand on the steering wheel and his other hand on her heart that's kind of weird but it's metaphorical you know it's not it's not real so I like skip those because I just cringe so bad (laughs) I think that's what makes them so funny is that it's not like it's just so like you know they take it literal but it's actually metaphorical yeah I need you and I need you and Danny to to make that TikTok. Know, we're going camping this weekend, so maybe, maybe <laughs> we can, uh, we can do it. I mean, he's got also his pickup truck too, so yeah, perfect. Mm-hmm. Take your hair down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
the chorus. Our song is a, is the slamming screen door, sneaking out late, tapping on your window. When we're on the phone and you talk real slow, because it's late and your mama don't know. Our song is the way you laugh, the first date, man, I didn't kiss her, and I should have. And when I got home, for I said amen, asking God if he could play it again. I couldn't help but chuckle a little bit when she said, because it's late and your mama don't know. Like, that is the most country thing she could have said. It's also super relatable. Like, you never, like, in high school, just, like, stay up so late talking on the phone with your boyfriend and, like, be, like, trying to be quiet so you don't wake people up because it's literally, like, two in the morning. (laughs) Especially back in the days of, like, when you actually had, like, telephone lines in your house (laughs) and, like... Like, corded phones. I know, Gen Z. It's like... Like... But... (laughs) So, back in the day when you had corded phones, you know, you'd, like, sneak on the phone, like, late at night. And do you remember, like, holding your, like, finger down on the... Oh, my gosh. Like, on the dial tone? Yes. Yeah. So, it wouldn't make noise and stuff like that. And Gen Z is probably like, what are you talking (laughs) about right now? Um, But then, also, when, like... (laughs) you still had phone lines but it started like becoming kind of like digital and you could like see on the like machine when somebody was using the phone yeah and so like if it was like super late you would you could like get in trouble for being on the phone when you were supposed to be in bed because you could like literally look at the machine and see that the phone was in use and also like your siblings totally like were the kind that would you know like hold down like the tone the dial tone and like pick up the phone to like you know eavesdrop yeah yeah I always wanted my own line like my own phone line for my room but by the time like I was I guess old enough to have that happen I had a cell phone at that point so like you know this came out when we were in middle school and that was like right when cell phones started like becoming big because when we were in middle school I still remember one of my friends like that was back when um texts were like you only got a hundred texts like a month. Yes, <laughs> yeah. the worst. Probably like, like having a heart. The, the worst. And you yeah, had minutes, it, like you had cell phone minutes. I I honestly saw a Facebook status the other day, or like in my memories pop up from like eleven years ago. That was like, I ran out of minutes, uh, so message me or, or <laughs> can't call or text. I was like, <laughs> oh. It's so, like, it's so funny how, like, different it is now because, like, I, one of my friends, like, went way over, like, I think it's, like, it was, like, the standard was, like, 100 for Verizon at one point per month, 100 texts, and she went over by, like, over 100, and they got, like, a massive A-bill, and she got grounded, and I still remember, like, having to use the phone line at our house, and I was, like, pissed because, like, my, because, and I just remember being, like, okay, you can call me when it's free after hours or like on the weekend is remember like minutes were free after certain after times at night yeah after nine and then like on the weekends at certain times anyways and like I hated having to use the telephone line after that you know like it was so like inconvenient I also remember when before you paid per text message when you would pay per character in the text message like if you went over a certain number of characters you yes. had to pay and it and would I remember, send in, like, two or three messages if you weren't with the same, like, carrier. 
Like if you weren't with the same yes, cell yeah. provider, it would yes, send in like so multiple annoying. messages. Oh yeah, and, and that's why in out of order. And that's yes. why we had like T nine, and you know, it's like I know, like Gen Z, like makes fun of us for like how we abbreviated things. But it's like, listen, we only had so many characters. Like you guys are so lucky that you had 180 characters on Twitter for the longest time, right? Because we had like less than that in a single text, and that's yeah. where that came from. <laughs> because like you're trying to jam like an entire conversation and like an entire like summary into like one tiny text, so you didn't get like charged. A ton. And, like, remember trying to send pictures and, like, the downloading or, like, if you accidentally <laughs> hit the sure internet? I couldn't send pictures, like, with my first cell phones. I'm pretty sure I couldn't even send pictures. Remember I when cell pictures? phones used to not have cameras? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, the, I remember yeah. I was so excited because my first cell phone, it was a flip phone, but it was a camera flip phone. So I was like, yes! But it took the worst pictures and, like, for some unknown reason, I would post them on, like, Facebook. <laughs> they were, like, like sometimes they'll, like, pop up and it's so pixelated. You can barely tell there's a person there. <laughs> right? And I like, used to think it was good. That's the but worst. this is also, yeah. I, I think I was a little aware because I was also the kind of person who I, I carried around an actual digital camera. Like, yeah, that was big, too. too. Yeah. That was yeah, the thing the old- you had to do that. You had your cell phone, but then you also had your digital camera and you kept both of those in your book bag and you like whipped out the camera in the middle of class whenever there was free time to just take random pictures of your friends like doing bunny ears behind each other's head. <laughs> you had your digital camera, you had your phone, and you had your iPod. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Three yeah, separate things. Yeah, totally. And if you were me, <laughs> you had three different iPods. And you know what? <laughs> Now they're all in one. <laughs> it's you don't like have crazy. to worry about it. Second of all, there is no satisfaction quite like hanging up the phone on someone when you had a flip phone. Like, I am so sad that Gen yes. Z will never get to experience that. Like, when you're like super pissed at like your boyfriend and you're just like, you slam. <laughs> I, I love And then throw it across the room and it doesn't Yes. 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 <laughs> Back in the day where you could drop it in a 10-foot deep pool, and it's like, you put it in rice for a day, and it's fine. I think I tried to break my phone just so that I could get a new phone I do. I do feel like I remember that. And it just wouldn't break, so. (laughs) Well, you know, Samsung's got those new flip phones with the touch screen. I noticed that. I was like, what is this? I want one so bad, but I hate Androids. My first ever smartphone was the Galaxy <laughs> S3, and I hated it so bad. I got rid of it. Yeah, Chandler's Chandler's of that, chance so. I, I had the cutest Lily Pulitzer case for my S3. I loved it. I was so sad when I had to get rid of it. Great I think times. we need to get back to the lyrics. I know, I'm sure I know. people are really tired of hearing us talk about. Do you remember that thing we all experienced? I mean, you know. Things like Olivia Rodrigo is doing, though, like, all of her stuff is so nostalgic for millennials because, yeah. and it, honestly, so it, it's kind of, like, stuff is coming back, like the like the Samsung phone, the flip phones, but it's still not the same. Like, I'm sorry, it'll never be the same. Anyway, let's get back to the lyrics. <laughs> yes. But it was important so, that we, I know we went on a huge tangent, but it was important to set the stage for this nostalgia of this, yes. like, era and this time to kind of, like, capture the essence of the song a little bit. Yeah, and this is what our podcast is about. We talk about, you know, how this, we talk about the lyrics, but we also talk about how the songs, 
what we were doing when we first heard these songs and how they impacted our lives. So it, yeah, it was and like it was relatable. The 2021 version of the song would be totally different, even if it was still like country Taylor writing it, you know, like it would still be totally different. These some of these lyrics would not be here because of that, just because we're like in a different time now. You know, I just had this thought, you know, Brian on TikTok, what is his name? Brian Licious. Brian, mm-hmm. if you're listening, you need to do one of your like Taylor Swift's mom hearing this lyric for the first time. You need to do the sneaking out late tapping on your window one. <laughs> because can you imagine being 16 and like releasing this song and basically admitting to your mom that you sneak out of the house to go see your boyfriend at night? Or, that was the, cool. or the one we're on the phone and you talk real slow because it's late and your mama don't know. <laughs> you were supposed yeah. to be off the phone at 10 o'clock, Missy. <laughs> That's that was a scandal when you were younger. <laughs> like, right. Um, can we anyway. talk about the real slow because i i want to talk about how like she sings that like how real she actually slow. says like real <laughs> slow she actually <laughs> sings it really slow and i yeah i love that and you know people don't really like i've seen a lot of people saying that they think that lyric should have been when we're on the phone and you talk real <laughs> low because they don't understand why you'd be talking slow. But I always kind of took it as like you are talking low, but you're talking slow because it's late and you're tired. Like you're like on the phone, like two o'clock in the morning, staying up all night, talking to your boyfriend on the phone. You're talking slow because you're like falling asleep, but you're also like talking slow and low so that nobody can hear you. That's how I always took it. I think so. I think me too. I mean, I took it the same way. Yeah. Like, because back in those days, like you'd stay up, you know, when you're, like, head over heels for your boyfriend sometimes. Like, it wasn't uncommon to stay up until, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, like, talking on the phone and, like, falling asleep on the phone and, like, the no, you hang up, no, you hang up, like, thing, like. Cringy stuff that we all did. Oh, my gosh, like, throw up in my mouth just thinking about that. But, like, that was, like, that's common. Like, you know, when you get, like, so tired that, like, you, like, can barely keep up with a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I would do that with my friends, too. I would stay up. I think Bailey yeah, and I yeah. used to do this. Stay up on the phone. Also, I love how I just said, yeah, phone. you're right. Like, I had friends who did that. I didn't. But I, I can totally see that. Like, <laughs> I did, like, I did in my, with, like, my middle school, like, friends. We would do that. I mean, not 2 a.m. because, but <laughs> I, I'm like that, you know, like, you know, like, the sleepover personalities, I was always the kid to fall asleep first, and I was always the kid to wake up first, so I'm that person that I'm the opposite. I was always the person that would stay up the longest when everyone else was asleep, like, <laughs> and talk with, like, one or two other people. Yeah, See, I was too. The thing that I like the best about the chorus, though, is it's just the concept of the song in general that it is at normal everyday facets of their lives and relationship that make up what is their song you know it's the things that are special to them that make this like quote-unquote song so special and I just love that I love I mean I guess it's just like relatable because I like grew up in the south too because like you know slamming screen doors like your mama don't know like I don't know like I just feel like that's just really relatable to people who grew up in the South, I could be wrong. That could be relatable to everybody. I don't know about how frequently people in the North have screen, screen doors. Maybe it is super. I have a screen common. door. You're not in the North dummy. Okay. Well, it does get we, cold here. Aren't you in the North? <laughs> Maryland I, below the Mason. Oh gosh. This is like the heavily debated thing for Maryland. It is not. You're not 
the south, but you're not the north technically. I think it just depends on where you live in Maryland. Like if you're further north, obviously in Maryland, closer to northern states, then people there say that they're <laughs> they're above the Mason Dixon line, but no, the whole state is below the, the Mason. Dixon I know, I know. This is like such a heavily debated thing in Maryland. Trust me. Okay, okay think- still need to be debated. Like, okay, technically, culturally, are you the South? No. Geographically, technically. So yes. we we need to get back to the lyrics because it is we do so after good. eleven o'clock and we, we are gotta- so far beyond anything that has to do with. Okay, Rebecca's gonna pee. If anybody was wondering. <laughs> So do you want us to go on without you or wait for you to come back? Uh, you can go on without me. I, my my villain origin story is that this is my least favorite song off the debut album. <gasps> what? <laughs> Your villain origin story. <laughs> How? How? Your least favorite? When perfectly good heart exists. Okay. Well, okay, but off the original. Not the like del- this deluxe or whatever off the standard. The enhanced. Uh, yeah. I learned that that's what it's called. The it's called the enhanced version. The enhanced. Okay, listen, I can't hold my peace, so I can come back and talk to you about this in a minute. But like, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I also have to pee, but I can hold it because I'm not pregnant. <laughs> can't believe she doesn't like our song. Oh my god. I mean, our song isn't my number one favorite on this album, but it's definitely, like, in my top. It's in the top five. This is why she needs to do her fucking top five for debut. Like, she's putting it off and putting it off. She's got to get it done eventually. She's the only one who hasn't posted it. Yeah, because now I'm curious what her tops yeah. are. Right? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So we need to finish with this chorus. Rebecca, maybe I'll edit some elevator music into that while you were gone. <laughs> That would be so funny. That would be cute. <laughs> Five minutes later. Does anybody have anything else to say about the chorus? No, I'm more interested in hearing about why Becca hates this song so much. <laughs> okay. Who hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> the first time I was cheated on. Oh, no. Was yeah. this your song? <laughs> it was like my whole friend group so I had like a whole friend group in middle school and I had like a little boyfriend and he was like my first kiss Chandler don't say his name Aww. and I had a little boyfriend I love the way you put that. <laughs> he was little too like <laughs> you know when we were in middle school and high school he's still a little guy bless his heart before I continue it's funny when I like listen to our podcast and like our personalities like you know (laughs) there are trends with our podcast and one of mine is like every time I have some like boy story to tell about her songs so yeah my like first like real boyfriend and he was my first kiss and like I had like this whole group of kids in middle school that like I was friends with and was there other songs that you talk about the same boyfriend in this yeah, but I can't talk- remember. Should have said no, I'm pretty sure. Yes, 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 yes. It should have said no. Because okay. he cheated yeah. on me with one of the girls in the friend group. And yeah. like 
I remember like walking into school that day and like the whole air, like you could just like feel in the air, you know, that like someone's going down. You've definitely talked about this. You've definitely yeah. talked about this. So like that was like that the whole like friend groups, like that was like their song. And this was like our, one of like the songs in the group. The other one was God Bless the Broken Road by the Rascal Flats. <gasps> So to this day, I can't listen to, like, either of those songs. And that girl that he, like, cheated on me with, our song was, like, it was, like, her favorite song. And she sang it all the time. But, like, ever since then, I have, like, a visceral reaction. Even though I am 27, happily married with one, 2.5 kids. (laughs) I'll count the dog as one. Yeah, if you count the dog. (laughs) Probably closer to 2.9, considering how pregnant I, I am. Right, <laughs> I was about to say. Never been good at math. But anyways, yeah. And also, it got so overplayed on the radio. But I will say, my personal feelings aside, this is a great song. And, like, I have so much respect for the lyrics. And, like, you know, to, like, Chandler's point earlier with, like, the rhyming and how she rhymes two different words in, like, the same lyric and stuff like that. I think that the way she did that is part of the reason that this song is so catchy and you just love to sing it and dance around. And it's just one of those songs that you love to sing and dance around to because it's just like you're waiting for the next rhyme to come. And it's just so fun. Anyways, yeah, the end. I got cheated on. Still bitter. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not bitter about it at all. That kid is <laughs> old. Okay, so next verse. Two hours later, next verse. Just right. <laughs> I was walking up the front porch steps after everything that day had gone all wrong and been trampled on and lost and thrown away. Got to the hallway well on my way to my love in bed. I almost didn't notice all the roses and the note that said. So one thing that I really like about this verse is kind of the same thing that I was saying with the first verse like how the rhyme scheme is so good and it like makes sense like she doesn't have to sacrifice the story for the rhymes which I love and another thing is I like how she doesn't have to sacrifice like the story of this song for the second verse because you know how you considering the way that this is set up is the first verse the first chorus is he says our song is the flame screen door blah 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 and then in the second verse for the second chorus it's the note that he wrote that says the same thing and sometimes you hear songs where like the chorus is something that someone said but it makes sense for the first verse and not for the second do you guys know what i'm talking about or is that just me no yeah i I just i get what you're saying perfect i i just really appreciate how it the story still flows it still makes perfect sense as to why that should be the chorus and like how she set it up so i just it's just amazing that taylor like can write these lyrics and what we've kind of said it earlier like sums up what love is without even really knowing what love is because she's still young but this i mean even though like obviously it's different for everyone in terms of like what their love with their significant other or whatever love is like it it will be a different hour song in a way but I just think that I don't know it's just it's pure genius that's all I gotta say this verse and the chorus and the verse before they're just it's just a bop that's our song is just a solid 100% bop like I can't Every single time, if I catch it on, like, 
I mean, I don't really catch it on the radio anymore, but when I did, I would always turn it up really loud. If it comes on my shuffle, I don't really skip it that often. It's one of my almost no skips. It depends on what kind of mood I'm in. I don't know. I feel like this is a never skip song for me. Fair. I I think you said it earlier, um, but you said... Like, she's talking about their song, but, like, it's not necessarily a song that's their song. Like, their song is just to them living their everyday lives. Just yeah. something yeah. that they do every day. Like, I love... It's poetic. Yeah. It's poetic, but it also, like, it romanticizes normalcy, which I love because in a, a lot of times in media, we see, like, the romantic- romanticizing of toxic relationships like not necessarily toxic but like dramatic relationships where you're fighting and then making up and then screaming at each other and then kissing in the rain and like taylor has written about that stuff too but i love that it romanticizes just your normal everyday life and i feel like it's like that tiktok trend that's like you need to start romanticizing your life like i I think that i agree with that and i i love that this song does that it's so simple, like like yeah. what she's describing, but that's like what makes it so beautiful, that it's so simple and it is your everyday. You know, it, it, I almost, it would be like a kind of fun project if I had time to make like what my, our song would be for Dan and I. That would be so cute. That would be really cute. That would be a cute trend too. Like if somebody would maybe, I don't know, mm-hmm. if somebody could like do their version of our song, what that looks like for each person. I mean, maybe it won't be as like, you know, big, but because no one can really, I mean, but people can probably relate to it because it is everyday things, even if it's the 2021 version of that. Yeah. So like, I feel like the grown up uh, version of, you know, this song, two degrees, like you're, you are in love. Yeah. I was just thinking that. I've been thinking that like this entire like time, because, you know, again, this song just like goes over the normalcy and yeah, this is the normalcy for you know, teenagers and little ones, not little ones, but like, you know, like young loves, first loves, like that kind of stuff. And you are in loves like the adult, like corporate world's relationship. And anyways, and so like, and it also emphasizes the normalcy that comes with like being in love. So I love love that too. Me too. I love when she does that. And it's just like you were saying earlier with like the media, like it's good to romanticize your life. But a lot of times the media will like focus on like the the not real parts or the very like exceptional parts. The very fairy tale-ish parts and not if it's something positive about a love, it's unrealistic a lot of times. The fact Um, of the matter is like most loves are not like a fairy tale like no one's sweeping you off your feet like you're you're not a princess you know like you're not a princess this ain't a fairy tale like (laughs) (laughs) you know um but that's what I really like about this song and you just mentioned you are in love like you are in love is one of my favorite songs and that's why because it's just so simple because you can hear it in the silence yeah that's what he, oh, that's like one of my favorite lyrics is it's so understated, but like, it's like the silence is so loud, like literally and figuratively, like, especially with that line, like just saying, just saying that, like, and it's something that you don't get until you like experience it. Yes. 
and see it, whether it's like you're seeing it firsthand, like for yourself, or like it's like a second hand, like you're seeing it with somebody else's eyes. And like that's exactly what Taylor, she wrote that from like a second person type of view, like, like where it was technically third person, I guess, since second person yeah. doesn't exist. But like it wasn't her experiencing this because she wrote this about Jack Antoff and um, Lena Dunham when they were together. Um, anyways, but yeah, it's so nice to have these like normalcy relationship types of songs too. Not just the ones that we have like knee jerk reactions of like passionate love or like anger or cheating or like all these like really strong feelings, but like almost like the boring or mundane parts of life and love. Like yeah. it's really good to have that in a song. I like, and this song was written by this, or she wrote Tim McGraw about the same guy, right? Yeah, that's what so, I read. This is such a beautiful, like, it, it goes full circle. Like, this song, I can really understand. Like, if, if I were to listen to this album, like, the original, from the end to the beginning, I mean, it wasn't, it's not as, like, tied together in a knot, like, the song, the, the song order as, like, some of her other albums and how they all kind of flow together, but... Certain songs flow together, though. Yeah. 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 Some some do. But it's it just like this song and Tim McGraw, like, it does come full circle. I agree. Um, Real quick, I just want to say, Rebecca, you were right the first time You Are In Love is from the second person point of view, because I had to look it up real quick because I didn't want to say it and be wrong, but it's, it's the you perspective. So... Yeah. Yeah, I guess that does make sense. I was trying to say, like, when it's not firsthand, but, like, secondhand, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that kind but of thing. still, like, what you but, said like, was literary. Still. Okay, good. Yeah, second person. So, like, first person is I. Third person is, like, saying, if I was the character, if I was hey. the narrator, I would say Chandler did blah, 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 instead of saying mm-hmm. I did blah, 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 blah. And then uh, second person is you, so saying you understand now why they've lost their minds and fought the war is oh. that second person well, that's not my i'm not a complete idiot guys this is a <laughs> okay back to our are we so, after the, the chorus the chorus repeats and then we yes. go to the bridge wait pause i have never understood the line to my love in bed <laughs> no i I, I mean, I, I love my that. bed. Maybe she's, like, about to just be, like, done with her day and go get in her bed and curl up and, like, just be done with it. Like, But, like, in the okay. music video, like, it alludes to something different. Wait, I was going to say, I always thought the lyric was, to my love, space, in, in bed. Oh. No, oh, it's my loving bed as if it's a, like it's a verb. Yeah. This part like... of the music video is when she's sitting in those flowers because it says I almost didn't notice all the roses. Oh, the she throws it up. It's like, like you get the aerial shot. I almost just feel like it's she's just using it as like a term of endearment. I don't I don't know. Yeah, probably. But yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I always it's always bothered me. Thing to say. Don't like, don't think about it too hard. I don't. I can't because like it'll spin me down a rabbit hole. <laughs> like Miss Girl, I know you were not thinking about the D at that age. You never know. To okay, my sorry. love in bed. No, to my love in bed. I'm gonna like. I'm gonna have to re-listen to this <laughs> eight thousand times. Do you guys agree with me that it's odd to say like it love is. in bed? Like, 
even though like I know she can be really poetic it's just never like made sense to me mentally so like if I ever meet Taylor I'm gonna ask her why <laughs> you should um, if you could ask her anything the in the gymnastics world that I have, like the mental gymnastics I've forced myself to like do to make this line make sense is basically just like when you have a bad day and all you want to do is get in bed and like cuddle up or like you know, read a good book or something and just, like, be done with it and go to bed That's early or something. What I thought it was too, you know, that, I love in bed because it means, like, it doesn't have to allude to anything sexual. It could be just, like, you know, cuddles in bed, you know? Yeah, but that was not the lyric. So. I, know. I know, but I don't know. That's why I always thought that that was what it was. I just That's, Googled. That was always my interpretation of the lyric. It's probably super, super simple, and we're just like, what does this mean? I'm just going to continue to think that it's just she's had a bad day, and she's coming home, and she's like, I'm going to bed. And then she notices all of the roses and the note that said, and then the chorus. And then the bridge. (laughs) Oh, this chorus, though, has the da-da-da-da-da-da-da that the other one didn't. That's, like, right before the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Da-da-da. How does it go? Where she's like, da 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 Yes. Yeah. Um, I've heard every album, listened to the radio, waited for something to come along that was as good as our song. The bridge makes me just feel so happy. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like a feel-good bridge. It's a real, like, traditional bridge. Because, you know, like, the definition of a bridge is, like, the music changes to bridge to the end of the song. And this is... You know, definitely one of the truest times that that happens. On, yeah, like the music definitely changes. Like it, it's signifying that we're getting closer to the end of the song. So, I I appreciate it in like a songwriting sense. I also just love the fact that I can just imagine this being like an inside joke between this couple and the girl's always just like rolling her eyes and then she's like well actually now that I think about it like yeah and like I love the sentiment of I've heard all these songs I've listened to everything on the radio and I'm waiting for something to come along that is as good as our everyday life which is our song so I think that's really cute it is cute but then it goes to the next chorus which is different Rebecca did you want to say that the final chorus. The final chorus? Chorus. Yeah. It changes. Hold on. I'm confused. Like, are you asking, are, are you talking about, like, where it's, like, asking God if he can play it again? Play it again? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, so this. Are you talking about the outro? No. <laughs> okay, Lizzie, do you want to do it? Yeah. Because our song is a slamming screen door, sneaking out late, tapping on his window. When we're on the phone and he talks real slow, because it's late and his mama don't know. Our song is the way he laughs. The first date, man, I didn't kiss him when I should have. Or, and I should have. And when I got home, for I said amen, asking God if he could play it again. Play it again. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm confused. It's like the same thing except for the last three lines, right? No, it changes. No, it changes. her perspective. Yeah. It, before it says, um, our song is the slam and screen door, sneaking out late, tapping on your window. And then the last one, she says, tapping oh. on his window. You know, again, I'm just going to blame this on two things. <laughs> <laughs> Me not liking this song, never listening to it. 
<laughs> and pregnancy. <laughs> Pregnancy is to blame for everything. Yeah. But no, this this course changes and in that instead of it being from his perspective, it's from her sp- yeah. perspective I, now. I especially like when she, the first date line, when she's like, the first date, man, I didn't kiss him and I should have. I always thought of... that was kind of like a flipped. I, I liked that that was kind of like a, almost like a, a gender non-conforming type of thing because you always like think of like the, the, like, I guess when we were younger, it was more common for, like, the man to make the first, or the boy to make the first move or whatever. And then, like, her saying, I should have kissed him. Like, yes. I yeah. always kind of felt that, that, I mean, I mean, I might be, like, that might just be me, but no. I've always liked that because it kind of just, like, flips the script from, like, it, like basically giving her agency into, like, the her actions as opposed to just, like, waiting for her boyfriend to make the move. I don't know. You know what this kind of reminds me of? Like, this whole song, I'm just I'm just realizing? Like, Betty. You know how Betty is from, like, the perspective of James, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And according to Taylor, he's a boy. Right. People may disagree. We're just going to go based off of what Taylor says, regardless of our own personal beliefs. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of, like, the whole flipping the script kind of thing. Yeah. Like, how it... Again, she's not thinking from her perspective. And most of our song, it's from his perspective. Yeah. And then it isn't until the last chorus where she's like, all right, now I'm going to say my piece. It also kind of reminds me of Betty because just this, like, this song, it's very clearly, like, teenagers, right? Like, a teenage Mm -hmm. relationship, and, like, Betty, it's the quintessential teenage, like, relationship as well, so, like, I just, mentally, I kind of put them in the same category, too. Yeah, Although, I love Betty. I'm not hating on Betty. This would be a Betty and James song. Oh, this totally, this was totally Betty and James's song before Yeah, like, that's what they would do. (laughs) And then Should Have Said No came out of it. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, like I always put it in the same category as that like teenage romance where like you can literally just pick out things and you're like, okay, this, this is 100% teenagers experiencing this. So yeah, like it's totally like that. Um. So then the outro is, I was riding shotgun with my hair undone in the front seat of his car. I grabbed a pen and an old napkin and I wrote down our song. I used to think... That the lyric was, I grabbed a pen and a note napkin. And I was like, what the hell is that? And then I was like, oh, it's old. Wait, (laughs) I thought it was note napkin too. Nope, it's old. What is it with you two? I don't know. (laughs) I honestly am convinced that Bailey and I didn't actually read the lyrics. (laughs) We just like memorized the song after listening to it. You memorized what you thought the song was. Yes, yes. (laughs) And this is partly my grandma's fault because she played us de- like debut. Like she's I don't probably going the one that argued with us and told us it was note napkin. <laughs> Wait, that could be true. That could be true. <laughs> it's like I'm laughing. When we get to 1989, we're gonna really talk about how like my grandma really argued with me about that whole album. But she did I'm not gonna. I'm not going to go there. That's going to open up a can of worms. I'm just going to get really heated. Because she was convinced that it was like the last. Or this was. I don't even know what the argument. Or she thought that Red was after 1989. She just got the yeah. order mixed up. And then was arguing with me about it. And I was like. 
no, no. <laughs> but okay, I'm. I digress. <laughs> I love how like back to it. Um, but I love how it comes like full circle because in the beginning she says she was riding shotgun with her hair undone in the front seat of his car. And then that's how she starts the outro, which is like the, obviously the end of the song. And I like how she brings it full circle. Yeah. I love when she does that. Mm-hmm. Love country it. song trope. They, it really she's is. do it in so many of her yeah. early songs. And I've said this before, but it's my favorite lyrical trope that she does. And I don't know why it's just so satisfying for the song to come full circle. It might be um, the OCD. <laughs> Come out the same way, like the tendon, the OCD tendencies that are like coming out. It's like okay, it's like yeah. full circle. This is perfect. This is symmetrical. It's not OCD. It's you know the ADHD or something like that, right? So. But it, it, it's like a end of a chapter. Yeah, like, summing it all up. Mm-hmm. I used to think this was like absolutely genius, and like I said, like I like I'm older now, but like. I still think, like, it's really cool how she did, like, how she brought it back and, you know, just said I grabbed a pen and, you know, an old napkin and I wrote down her song because it's just... A note napkin. (laughs) (laughs) The note napkin. And, you know, like, it's just so cute how she's, like, bringing it back to what this song is now. Like, this is the song that she's writing down is what we just listened to. The song seems very cinematic almost to me. And when I think about it in like that kind of way, I think almost like the first core, the first verse and this outro happen at the same time. And like everything in between is like them flash forwarding, I guess. And then it like comes back to like, I guess present day. And she's like, you know what? That is our song. I'm going to write it down. I don't know. Yes. No, I like that. I mean, I think we talked about this kind of in Tim McGraw, too, because Tim McGraw has the same, like, it's a lot of flashbacks, flash forwards, like, if it was a cinematic, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, that and that kind of makes sense, like, because this is supposedly about the same boyfriend as Tim McGraw, Mm -hmm. so I like it. Wait, when does she say play it again? Oh, wait. After you said it. That's right. (laughs) That's right. I just read it. Sorry. I'm so tired. Okay. Yeah. It's pumpkin time. It is pumpkin time. (laughs) It's way past past pumpkin pumpkin time. time. Right? (laughs) Uh, For anybody who's wondering, Lizzie told us that she turns into a pumpkin after 11 p.m. And it's currently. I don't know what it is. I can't even, like. I'll turn on a TV show in hopes of, like, trying to watch it with Dan. And then as soon as it, I turn it on and it's, like, past 11, I'm, like, I feel my eyes and I'm, I'm See, out. when you get, when you're past 25, you can't hang anymore. Like, this is why I day drink now instead of drinking at night. Right. Because <laughs> I can't stay up that late. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I did it, like, in college. I'm literally thinking about the, like, times that I stayed up all freaking night i wouldn't start like partying until like until like 11 10 11 yeah. you'd be pre-gaming f- at like 10 what the fuck <laughs> like and, and now, now i'm like what is go. wrong with me why would i ever <laughs> willingly choose to do that i don't exactly i don't know when like, I, as soon as i turned like 23 i started turning into a grandma and like my friend abby and i used to joke about like having parties and then having signs that say please leave at nine <laughs> <laughs> 
it's true. It happened to me when I like got married because I mean we were in college, we were married, and we were working, and it was just like so much. And I'm like, how can people like just that like phase of your life just all of a sudden was just like cut? Yeah, you know. Anyway, let's do let's do favorite lyrics. Uh, Bailey talked about this in the beginning. My favorite lyric in this song is the "He's got a one hand feel on the steering wheel," because of like what pretty much what she said earlier. There's so many different ways to say like you just have one hand on the steering wheel, but like just the way that she chooses to word it is really good. And even the follow up line, "The other on my heart," like I know people like have been playing around with it and taking it like literally, but it's truly like metaphor if I were to imagine this like in real time I would think that like he'd have like one hand on the steering wheel and probably the other on like her thigh or knee or you know what I mean like something like, like holding that hands. Yeah. yeah or like holding hands like that kind of thing and um but anyways like I just think that's like a really genius line and the fact that she wrote that at like 14 I'm just like what am I yes. doing with my life <laughs> like God clearly blessed others and I was not one of them he has favorites. I mean, we're 27 now, and... I would never come up with that at 27. Let's be also, honest. can we just point out that I'm pretty sure Reputation came out when Taylor was 27, so everything that we've ever tried to accomp- accomplish is just nothing. Dude, that's also something I can't think about, because I will, like, spiral. Like, when you think about the first time she won a Grammy, and, like, everything that she's accomplished in her life, like, up to, like, our age, and I'm like, I have like an existential crisis. Like, what am I doing? Like, why does my existence even matter on this planet? Like, I am a waste of space. (laughs) She had won album of the year at the Grammys twice before she was even our age. (laughs) It's physically painful. (laughs) It's so painful. I think my favorite line is from the chorus, our song is the way you laugh. We didn't really talk about this line that much, but it's always been one of my favorites. Like I used to, I know we've talked about this before, but when we were first on Facebook and they had the little text box underneath your profile picture, I would always put, I would, I would change it all the time, but it, it was usually a Taylor Swift song. And depending on how it was feeling, it was either a line from cold as you or this line from our song our song is the way you laugh. I just love it. I think that that's the most beautiful line in this entire song. I agree with Bex. Um, he's got the he's got a one hand feel on the steering wheel, just like we said it before. But it's just like it's so poetic. Like she could have said that so many other ways, but the way she says it is just. It's so simple, but it's so poetic. I was gonna say my favorite is. After everything that day had gone all wrong or been trampled on. Because I feel like this, that's so, like, I don't know. That's, like, every day. <laughs> like, that, this would be a good Monday mood. Honestly, that, that whole, that one line is just, like, you know, like, life just gets you down. But your partner is there to, like, pick you back up where we're supposed to be. And, yeah, even though it goes into that weird line to my love in bed. But <laughs> either way. It's nice that there was roses and everything, and I like to think that, like, I don't know, it's just super... I mean, I don't have roses on my bed every day. I don't think I've ever had roses on my bed, to be honest. They are expensive. Yeah. I hate... And I'm, like, pretty allergic to roses, by the way, so... (laughs) (laughs) I can't have them. (laughs) 
but and so Dan, if you're listening, do not buy her roses. Oh, he knows. He knows. Yeah, I mean, I just I think that's like a relatable song. Like after after everything, your partner's still there. See, and that's like everything that you could want. It goes back to that simplicity, like the mundanity of like you know being in a relationship on the day to day side, like that's what it's about. Like when you come home and you have like a partner who's in your corner and who supports you and things like that, like that's what you want. And so like to see that immortalized in a song and especially at such a young age, it's incredibly special that she like was able to recognize that too. Because like usually when you're 14, like all you're thinking about is like very superficial type of stuff. You know, it's your 14. You're, you know, your mind's immature still, like, it's not matured to, like, it's, you know, and, like, you haven't experienced life usually the same way that an adult has, and those experiences are different, so, like, just to see that, I agree, Lizzie, it's a really good line. And we can't even say, like, along that same line, like, we can't even say that, like, oh, this song is so good because she may have a writing credit, but she had a co-writer, and that's why it's so good at such a young age. No, this is a self-written song. Yep. It was all yeah. her. Mm-hmm. Completely, like, on her own, and then, like, what you guys were saying in, like, 20 minutes at, like, 14, 15 years old. It's, like, insane just insane like she's always like I've always felt like she's had an old soul and she's always been like wise beyond her years in maturity but still sometimes it like it just shocks me especially when we like really deep dive and like analyze lyrics and I'm like you just really see it come again full circle and you just see it in its entirety like how incredible she is she's exactly where she should be for sure she deserves all of her success She's such a good artist. She's such a good lyricist. And you could just see that evidenced even at such a young age. Yeah, even in her very beginning. But So the secret message in this song is live in love. Aw. Live in love? Yes. Okay. I love that. That is really cute. And, like, just yeah. the idea of, like, just... It's like what we've been talking about this whole time is their love song is just their everyday lives yeah yes but it and and it's also though like taking advantage of the special moments it that like secret message kind of reminds me of the song fearless like where you love someone so much that you'd like do pretty much anything go to the ends of the earth with them like they're your number one your ride or die like you do these like special or you know things you wouldn't typically do with somebody else yeah, yeah kind of reminded me of that. I don't know why. That might not be accurate. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. I'm very tired. <laughs> I know, it's getting so late. I know. Okay, so half the stuff I probably just <laughs> said in the last five minutes probably didn't make sense either. Yeah, well, you know, cut this out for me <laughs> if you need to. Like, <laughs> if it doesn't make sense, me, I'll guys. cut it out. <laughs> My pregnancy brain is... Do we want to do final thoughts so we can yeah, <laughs> peace well, out of here? Does anybody have any final thoughts that we didn't already mention? We never have final thoughts because we I just know. talk so thoroughly about <laughs> everything. You know what I was, I've been thinking, and I keep meaning to tell you guys this, and I'm just going to say it now, even if Chandler has to cut it out so I don't forget again to mention this, is maybe a segment that I wanted to get your thoughts where we add, um, like... Maybe instead of final thoughts, um, like song recommendations, 
um, like if you like this song, listen to this song or yeah, like something like that or like relating it to similar songs you know what okay. I you know what I mean like that might be kind of difficult to do though but it like might be cool to we add. kind of already like do that it would be nice at the end to kind of wrap up and be like not only like suggesting other similar songs but also suggesting you know like, other Taylor songs that we yeah. think relate if you um, like Betty from Folklore Maybe you should listen to our song. Yeah. And not just Taylor songs, though. So, like, I remember, yeah. like, should have said no. We were... Um, Talking about before he cheats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like, I messaged you guys, like, a month ago and was like, oh, my gosh, I was listening to our podcast, and I just realized, like, we totally skipped a song that, like, it kind of, like, relates to. It would have been a great song recommendation. And the song, and I never told you guys the song because I got distracted by something. Um, it was uh, if the world was ending Ugh. because and the the reason why I was going to say that is because like you know and cold as you like you know you never did give a damn honey and like that kind of thing when she talks about like you know if she would die and like nobody would like you know you wouldn't care kind of thing he wouldn't be there he wouldn't tell anyone that's that whole song of if the world was ending is literally like the insecure part of you asking like hey I know we're not together anymore but like if the world was ending would you still like call me up so we could like hang out one last time kind of thing yeah I love the idea of us maybe we each bring a song recommendation based on whatever song we're talking about yeah that's a good Uh, idea don't like stress over it but I think that could be a fun idea yeah, I like that. Do we want to start it on the next one, or do we want to start it when we start Fearless? Let's just go ahead and start it. Why not? Okay. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Look out for our next episode where we continue our exploration of Taylor Swift's debut album with I'm Only Me When I'm With You. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok to get updates on next episodes. Handles for our social media accounts can be found in the description. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. This episode was so chaotic. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that was mostly my fault because, like, I was in, like, a...